Hello, everybody. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight? If you make your way to the main sanctuary, please, from the coffee bar, just kind of make your way over here. That'll be great. Let's stand up, and we're going to say our Confession for America. You ready for this? This works, you know. Haha. You ready? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of this nation from and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor uh, Dave and Pastor Katie are in Texas for our Gerald Brooks Ministry Conference. They'll be back here in time for church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Um, let's see. Tomorrow night, 6.30, Thursday night, in victory is servant leaders. If you're interested in uh, serving but also becoming a leader, that's a great place to go. You'll find out all information, kinds of information about the church, and it's just a great place to go. So make sure that you're over there. Let's see. Is, is Des in here somewhere? Okay, make your way up here. Let's see. Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child Boxes need to be returned the week of November the 6th through the 13th because we have to deliver them to Hesperia. So make sure that you bring those back in time and put them on the table when you bring them back. And also I want to remind you, it's 20 days till election, November the 8th. So make sure you vote. Amen. Des is going to tell about Harvest Fest. Good evening. I'm so excited. Next Friday night, October 28th, is our Harvest Fest. And for those of you guys that have never been to one, it's amazing. And lots of people show up. And God has just done really, really good things. The school wouldn't let us hand out flyers like we used to. They said we have to keep them in the office. So we're like, well, we're not doing that. So we got some people together, and we spent some time at the sports park handing out flyers. Um, some people are going through their apartment complex and handing out flyers to everybody. Um, so the word's getting out. So it's just it's just amazing. So thank you guys for all of your work. Um, but with that being said, next week is very, very busy, and I need help, guys. So Harvest Fest cannot happen unless we have you guys to work and help us. Okay, so if you're available any time next week to set up um, or help me do paperwork or the other million things that I have to do, please let me know. But with that being said, more importantly, we need people to sign up to work games or work handing out popcorn or whatever. Um, we have a lot of carnival games. Um, we've got bowling. We've got, um, well, let me see if I can go through the list. We've got um, toss. We've got, um, um, we're going to do a lollipop tree where the kid, you know, whoever wins a lollipop, they'll get some candy apples. Um, just all kinds of different games. Um, so we're super excited about that. This year we're going to have a little corner in the back of Victory for the moms um, and like a little play area for the toddlers that's safe and easy so that moms that have crazy 
wonderful toddlers full of energy will be able to sit and breathe for a minute and actually be able to fellowship with other moms. So we're doing that in the back of Victory. We'll have like an older crew corner and some coffee and some um, hot chocolate so that they don't get worn out and they can have a place to go fellowship. So the big purpose of Harvest Fest is to get people safe, right? So again, with that being said, I need volunteers. And this volunteer page, I did front and back, and I don't think anybody realized that when they started signing up for games. Um, but I was trying to save paper, so I did front and back. So if you're able to help, we have different shifts. We have a first shift that starts from 5 to 7.30. Um, the first shift will be there early so that they can help us set up the games. The second shift, you guys are our cleanup crew. You guys are going to help us clean up. And that shift is from 7.30 to 10. Okay, so if you're able to work a first shift or a second shift, put that on this paper. Um, if you're able to do both shifts, that would, you know, just just write whatever you're able to do. Can someone pen that out for me? Um, so it's going to be lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Um, please, 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 when you get a moment to think about it, just take time to be in prayer and in agreement with all of us. We really want people to get saved. We really want them to come on this property and just feel the love of Jesus. So with that being said, if you do want to be a worker and you are going to help us out at Harvest Fest, we got to put you all through a class. Okay? You have to go through this class in order to work a game. It's super important. You are going to represent us. You're representing the church. So we want to make sure that we go over some guidelines and some rules so that on that day, you're just being the best that you can be for Jesus. So that class is going to be Tuesday in here at 630. Okay, got that Tuesday in here at 6.30. If for some reason you cannot make that because of work or whatever, let me know. We'll try to fit you in Wednesday before service. So I did a Tuesday so that we still have time to get you into that class so that way we can have all the workers that we need. So with that being said, like Miss P said, she talked about servant leaders. Please come to servant leaders. It's a great opportunity for you to grow. It's a great opportunity for you to learn how to be a leader. And it's a great opportunity for you to know all the wonderful things that we do here besides just show up for church. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. It's been a busy day. Um, we do still need candy. We are, we are going to start packing candy bags Friday at 6.30 in Victory. So we're going to have like a candy packing party. So if you're available to come, please come and, and help. Um, it takes a lot of work, but we have a lot of fun while we're putting those bags together. We pray over them. Um, we just, we have a good time. So we still need more candy. We're planning on making um, 1,500 candy bags. So that's a lot of candy. So um, you still have time to bring in your candy, though, because the reason why we're packing on Friday is so if we don't make that number on Sunday, we can give you an announcement of how many more candy bags we need. But please come out and help with that. We also need hot dogs and lemonade because we do want to bless people. We will have a taco truck, but some people just aren't able to buy for their whole family. So we want to make sure that they can eat. So we're, we give away hot dogs and lemonade. And this year we will have uh, um, the sugar, what are those things called? Cotton candy, thank you. <laughs> we'll have a cotton candy machine for the kids, so that's super exciting. Um, and the cakewalk. The cakewalk is in honor of Debbie and Philip Gomez for anybody that came here and knows who they are. They love the cakewalk. It was absolutely one of their favorite things to do. 
So we kind of just made that in honor of them. Um, but in order to make the cake walk happen, we need you guys to bake some goodies. It doesn't just have to be cake. You can do brownies. You can do um, cookies. You can do whatever kind of baked good you want to do. You can do pies, whatever you're good at baking. So we need those. Um, so there is a sign-up sheet in the back. So if you're able to do that, please sign up. Those um, were asked that you bring in that Friday morning. You start bringing them in so we can kind of count and know how many of those that we have. So it's going to be a good time. So go church. All right. Well, guess what time it is now? It's happy time. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. And and uh, I guess, yeah, well, yay. They'll, they will be more than happy to serve you. All right. Praise the Lord. Tonight I'm in, uh, uh, where am I? I'm in Isaiah 48, verse 17, and I'm in the New King James, and it says this. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way that you should go. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking of Chuck. He has a business, he had a business in town for years, and I bet the Lord showed you a lot of stuff with your business. Every day, and you too, Heidi. Every day, amen. All right, well, let's say our financial faith confession, and then we'll come on up here, bring up your tithes and offerings, and you can worship the Lord up here. Amen. We're, we're happy to have summer up here. Yay. Amen. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God. And promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want, you can join us at the altar for worship tonight. Let's sing to the Lord together. The King of all creation set aside his crown. Servant to the Father's love. Descended from His throne above, author of salvation, giver of new life, crucified to pay for sin. Our righteousness is in the name of Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess Your name above all names. Things of this earth belong to you forever, to you who will reign. The God of resurrection. The conqueror of death, the ruler over everything, 
the Lord of Lords and King of Kings is Jesus. Now every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. To you who will reign. Sing highly exalted. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus Christ. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You will sing Jesus. Jesus, every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You will name.
say in the name of Jesus that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. Say that with me. Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it again. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Over all of California. Over all of California. All of California. All of California. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you and praise you, Father. That we're going to serve you. We're going to preach and teach the gospel across California and the world. And we thank you for all the believers in California that are praying now. That are speaking your word now. And Father, we thank you that the day is coming when all of California is going to bow their knee. And they're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over California. Thank you for all our part of that, Lord, here in the high desert. Our part of that in San Bernardino County, Lord. And around this region, we'll do our part. And we know the other believers are doing their part. And we know with God, nothing's impossible, Lord. You're turning things around. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Wasn't planning on that. It just came out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, how many are ready again for a life-changing message? They're all life-changing when you receive them and when you get them. Uh, Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to be reading starting to verse 13. But as you're turning there, uh, I want to tell you a little history about this this lesson. It's it's called Two Kinds of Knowledge. Two Kinds of Knowledge. And too many believers only live by head knowledge and not revelation knowledge. I've been studying this and living living this life on this particular area of, of this knowledge since April of 1981. I was down in Houston, Texas at a minister's conference in April 1981 
at John Osteen's church. That's uh, anybody ever heard of Joel Osteen? Well, Joel Osteen was a friend of my pastor's son. When I met Joel Osteen, he was about this tall, and he was standing on a crate, running a TV camera for the back of the auditorium for his, for his, for his dad, John Osteen's church. And so I never dreamed when I met that little boy, he's going to grow up to be who he is. But anyway, at that at that conference, I, did, I was introduced to some books by a man named E.W. Kenyon. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of E.W. Kenyon. Did you buy some of those from the bookstore? Anyway, E.W. Kenyon, he died in 1938, but he, 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 he taught the Word of God just like Kenneth Hagin does, except he started teaching back in the early 1900s, and he had a book called Two Kinds of Knowledge, Sense Knowledge versus Revelation Knowledge. And so I began to study that, and I've walked in it for about 40 years, but I, I, I just, you know, I haven't taught on it that much, but it's, it's a life changer. It's a life changer if you get what I'm talking about tonight. I think about Proverbs chapter uh, 14, verse 12. I'm not going to go there, but it's a verse that you've probably heard quoted a lot of times. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but then there are the ways of death. And sad to say, that's how too many Christians live. They live by what they hear with their heads. They live by what the posters say. They live by the things like, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody knows it. Well, i got to know it in my heart from Jesus if I'm going to live by it. I want to say it again. I'm going to know it in my heart from Jesus if I'm going to base my family's safety and protection on it. I'm going to know from Jesus if I'm going to stake my eternal salvation on it. And so I want to look tonight at those two kinds of knowledge from the Word of God and you know, I, I say this all the time, take notes, take notes, take notes. I know that most of the time you go back to YouTube and Facebook and, and get these uh, sermons off of there. But uh, last Sunday, Sunday morning, the people that does our service, they were updating the program while the church was going on. So that, was, that wasn't on there. So we need to take notes and listen to this. And if you're listening with your heart and not your head only, and begin to walk in the light of what I'm teaching, It'll help you be a very, very, very wonderful, successful person in life, both for Jesus, plus in your natural affairs. And so uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, verse 13. Go read verse 13, verse 14. It says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea of Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you're John the Baptist or Elijah or others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so listen to what I'm going to say. That knowledge gained from men what they say and books they write, articles they publish. In other words, in modern times, what men are saying on Facebook, social media, on the Internet, news programs, I don't care who they are, that's their knowledge. That's what they say. How many know there was a whole lot of knowledge that a lot of people don't agree with from the COVID pandemic? That's a lot of man knowledge. And so whichever side you stand on, a lot of things that happened, that wasn't God knowledge. That was men telling you what they thought, what their opinions were. And sad to say, too many people in modern times have their opinions, their knowledge. They say there's a lot of things it is because that's the way they want you to go to follow them. But Jesus said... Uh, 
who do you say? And they told what all the men said about him. And so knowledge gained from men, whether it's things we hear or things we read, that's called sense knowledge or natural knowledge. Sense knowledge or natural knowledge, everybody saved and unsaved learns things by sense knowledge from the time they're born. From the time little babies come into this world, they start learning things by habit. They start learning things, do things, and, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, some babies learn from a very, very, very young age how to play their mom. Amen. They do. They learn how to play their mom, how to get their way like that, because that's knowledge they gain by their senses. But I want you to look at verse 15 through 17. And so they told him what men said, but he said to them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, thou art the Messiah. You are the anointed one that was prophesied was coming. Thou art the Christ, the, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Now look at this. For flesh and blood hath not revealed. Revealed is part of the word revelation. He said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And so this is the other kind of knowledge. You have sense knowledge, and you have revelation knowledge, which is the most valuable kind for Christians live by, as told here by Jesus. Revelation knowledge, now listen to this, is when the Holy Spirit makes the Word of God real in your, in your heart. The Messiah had been prophesied for thousands of years. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And then Jesus showed up. Most people did not believe who he was. People today still don't believe who he was. But Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal to you, but my Father did. My Father in heaven revealed to you. And so when the Bible trans, uh, transforms your head knowledge to your heart, it becomes revelation knowledge. And so in verse 18, in verse 18, uh, Jesus said, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, this rock-solid foundation of who Jesus Christ is, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, upon this foundation I'll build my church. How many know there's a lot of churches can be called Christian churches all they want to, but they don't believe that Jesus died for their sins and raised from the dead. They're not a true Christian church. That's the revelation he builds his church upon, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so that's what Jesus is talking about here. This revelation from the Holy Spirit to our hearts that Jesus is alive, he's risen from the dead, he's the only begotten Son of God, is the rock. That's the bedrock of our Christian walk, of our Christian foundation. And so our entire Christian life is built upon that revelation. There's a lot of churchgoers that aren't born again yet. They haven't received the revelation. They go through motions, they do good deeds, do a lot of things with a lot of religions. There's a lot of religions that talk about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. That revelation comes from the Father. And so believers, but you, me, every believer receives that revelation. Now listen to this, nothing... Nothing can move us from the rock solid foundation. Not money. Not threats of people. Nothing can get us to compromise our Christian faith in Jesus. 
when we know in our heart that we know that we know that we know that they know that Jesus is real. That's why people are willing today even. Across the world, there's Christians dying every day because people try to turn them the other direction. They lose their fortunes. They lose everything because they know in their hearts that Jesus Christ is real. He's alive. Nothing can move me from my faith in Jesus. Because that revelation didn't come just to the head. It went from the head to the heart. You know, you think about probably most of you are like me. You hear Christian things for years. Then all of a sudden, one day, it jumps in your heart. Jesus is real. i got to get right with God. Somebody help me pray. Amen. Well, that's because that revelation comes from the Father. But notice this. He says that upon this rock, this foundation of you believing in Jesus, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell should not prevail. And so in our Christian life, the foundation of receiving Jesus, the Lord Savior, being born again, that's the start of our Christian walk. And then as we follow Jesus, as we serve Jesus, we get the revelation. I need to tithe. That revelation comes from God. When God gives you the revelation in your heart that tithing something, that's not a church thing, it's a God thing, nobody can ever talk you out of tithing again. Because you know from God, this is what God wants me to do. It's a revelation. When you get the revelation, you're supposed to love and forgive. Lest Jesus build his church in you. You've got the solid foundation. You've got the solid foundation. Jesus Christ is real. And he said, I'll build, I'll build my church upon this revelation. And so as you're a follower of Jesus, you get the revelation that my life's not mine own anymore. I bought with a price. God's got a plan for my life. I'm going to begin to follow the plan of God. I know that for me, I don't know about you, for me, when I received that revelation, I walked away from trucking years and years and years ago when I could have made great big bucks to follow the call of God for ministry. And people with head knowledge thought I was an absolute nut. People actually use this expression. I don't know what they still use today. Bernie went off the deep end. He quit his job. Now, I didn't quit my job. I got laid off and God opened up other doors. And I began to head towards ministry. And then when doors opened and trucking again in the natural world, I listened to my heart as for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. That's another, that's another word from God in Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, not led by their head. Trust Him with all your heart, lead not your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, He directs your paths. That was real to me. That was revelation. My foundation was Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins, raised from the dead. I received that, acted on it. Then God started building on that foundation in me. But the number one thing, I had the solid foundation. I'm a born-again Christian. Jesus is real. And from there, when I gave my life to him, I knew I wasn't my own anymore. You see what I'm saying? And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, when you're following, when you're following the word of God that's real to you in your heart, I want to say this, you can't live off somebody else's revelation. It's got to be real to you. You know, if you're struggling with tithing and fighting with tithing and you hear about it but you haven't got it in your heart yet, then don't do it. Just pray about it. Ask the Lord to show you what to do in every area of life. But when he shows you, then you submit to it. You walk in it. As you walk in the revelation from the Word of God that God gives you, then you're going to succeed in life. I think about I can't tell too many stories, so they got too much to go to. 
But we were really friends with a sheriff of a county in Indiana one time. We read around together, hung out together, studied the Bible. He was a sheriff, not a deputy. He was the sheriff of the county. And he told me a story one time. He went to a meeting, and a lot, a lot of things happen. Sometimes the goofy meetings are supposed to be Christian meetings. He went to a meeting, and uh, the guy that was up there doing the ministry, he said, if you believe God healed your eyes, throw your glasses away. Well, the guy was very nearsighted. He was the sheriff. He said, I threw them on the ground, and I stumped them. I forget how long it was. He said, for two or three years, I read that county, and I was about as blind as a bat. It wasn't real to him that Jesus healed his eyes. I've made dumb mistakes in my life because I've heard people say, God said this. Well, if God said this, it concerns my family, concerns my life, my health, my well-being, that I better be smart enough to listen to my heart, that God revealed to me what he said. Can you understand what I'm saying? So revelation knowledge that Jesus is talking about is when God causes you in your heart to know what God said from the Word of God, in line with the Word of God, in agreement with the counsel of the Word of God. And when God does that, Jesus said, I'll back you. The gates of hell can't stop you. You follow through with what I'm showing you to do. And so uh, Jesus is the solid foundation. He's the rock for our lives. And he'll grow you by revelation knowledge. And that's what the Bible says. We grow from faith to faith. Your faith increases. And the way it increases, you walk with Jesus. You pray. You study your Bible. Hang out with Christians more than non-believers. Non-believers don't have revelation knowledge. They need to get the first step to get born again. And so we're supposed to hang out with the world, be able to witness to the world, but we don't do our primary fellowship with people that are unbelievers. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Don't be unequally yoked. And so if we're going to grow, we've got to hang around people that know God. And what I, what I, made, the, I made the decision when I was a young Christian to hang around with Christians and do better than I did. And then the way God's got the pecking order set up, it's like your family growing up. You know, we can't, my, my family had seven kids. We had eight kids. But we always saw the pecking order. You know, the ones up here usually know a little bit of something. The ones down here don't know. But when you got several kids in the family, there's one under you you can tell. And so as Christians, God normally hooks us up with people that know something we don't know and then sends people to us so we can teach them what they don't know. You understand what I'm saying? And so we as believers have got to learn God's system, how he works. Now, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and talk about the two kinds of knowledge. And Jesus said, who do men say? And then he said, what do you say? And so it's okay to get people's ideas on things. But I want to say this again. When it's serious life decisions, you better find out what the Father says. Get, get ideas all you want to about things, what to do. But most of the time, men and women, even faith men and faith women that are good people, will look with their heads at your life, but they don't have to stand in front of Jesus to answer for your life. You do. I want to say that one more time. I will answer for me and the decisions I make. You will answer for the decisions you make. And so I can teach you counsel from God's Word. I can teach you how to know Jesus better. I teach you how to study your Bible, but I won't answer for your life. You will. And so you're the one who has to make your own decisions. So based upon that, 
I, I just say it this way. I don't know how else to say it except I've allowed myself to be muscled by people before in life to try to tell me this is what I better do. Amen. And I'm not talking about uh, not sin and stuff like that. I'm talking about when it comes to big decisions in life. Things to buy, moves to make, and things to do. Somebody said, this is what you better do. And so I don't allow myself to be muscled by somebody to tell this what I got to do. If I feel somebody trying to pressure me into major decisions, I cut it off. We don't have anything else to say because I'm the one. I'm the one. If I make that decision, my family's out there, my church is out there, everything's on the line, and you're down the road somewhere. There, Here I am holding the bag. Say amen or oh me. You have to answer for you. So Ephesians chapter 1, I want to read verse 16 through 18. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. And this is a Paul, a prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying for the believers at Ephesus. It's a spirit-given prayer. So the principles of this prayer are still for us today because the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the New Testament for the church today. And so I want to say this about Paul. Now listen to this about Paul's life. Paul received revelation knowledge who Jesus really was on the road to Damascus. Does most people here familiar with that story? He was on the road to Damascus. He fell to the ground. And then Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he said, who are you, Jesus? And then Jesus revealed himself who he was. I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. Well, listen to this. Paul had probably more head knowledge of who Jesus was than anybody else there was there. And he thought Jesus was a phony. He thought Jesus was an imposter, a false prophet, deceiving people. And so Paul was a very, very, very religiously head knowledge person. How many know that about Paul? Paul had head knowledge about Jesus to the hump degree. He knew everything. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was he was the head of the whole thing. He was everything, a lot of head knowledge. It's sad to say, there's a lot of religious preachers, they have a lot of head knowledge, but not revelation knowledge. And so Paul had all that head knowledge, and then everything he learned from the books was immediately thrown away, but he received revelation knowledge. Jesus really is the Son of God. Jesus really is raised from the dead. Jesus really is the Christ. He's the Messiah. And just like Peter received it at that little meeting with Jesus that day, Paul then began to say, Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. What must I do with my life? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we're talking about the difference between revelation knowledge and head knowledge. And, and Paul was one of those guys that Peter and the disciples were talking about when they said, well, this one says that you're Jeremiah. This one says you're Isaiah. This one says you're that. But he said, who do you say I am? And so today... You know, I think about another uh, part of that knowledge for us. Do you say Jesus is the healer? Or do you say you don't know? Maybe that's not real to you yet. Do you say that Jesus is the deliverer? Do you say that Jesus is the provider? You know, where are you at in your walk with Jesus? There's things that you'll learn be revealed from him as you grow in your faith. When it becomes real to you that Jesus is your provider, tithing's easy. When you understand that he said the tithe belongs to him, when does the heaven open? It's easy to do. And so that's the whole thing about our lives. We've got to know that as we follow Jesus, we don't know all about him yet. But as we follow him, more and more will be revealed. And so Paul 
His life made a 180 degree turnaround on the road to Damascus. And I got to say this, Bernie Samples on January 29th, 1980, made a 180 degree turnaround. The direction I was headed in totally changed in life. On that day, on my road to Damascus, when Jesus came into my heart, my whole life changed. It turned right side up. Well, I thought mine turned upside down. No, you was upside down. He turned you right side up. And so my life turned right side up that day, and I've been on the right road ever since. And so I want you to notice in these verses here that this is a prayer. Verse 16, Fishes 1.16, Paul said this, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He's praying this for believers, and he had revelation knowledge, great revelation knowledge of Jesus. The Bible wasn't written yet, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So he knew some things that revealed to him from the Father about Jesus. And he said, here's what I'm praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation in the knowledge. Revelation in the knowledge of him. The first thing that believers need to be praying for, believing for in your lives is not all kinds of natural wisdom, all kinds of natural things, but be praying that God will open your eyes to know Jesus better and better, knowing more about who Jesus is and what he does. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that's talking about your spiritual heart, the understanding in your heart that you may know. There's the knowledge again. Know, have this knowledge of what is the hope of his calling. And, you know, I could camp out right there for the rest of the night. Jesus has a calling for every human being. Some of us are called to do what I'm doing, stand in front of people and preach and teach, and to be a pastor or shepherd to help give spiritual guidance and help people see things in life. Some people are called to be whatever it is you're doing in life. Everybody here, I think I was talking about Chuck a while ago. You know, I think about Chuck, what a soul winner. He and, he and, he and Heidi are a team. And God's opened up doors then through that business and other things in life where they're following a calling for what he's doing. And when you begin, when you begin to pray that, know, know the hope is calling. Well, I think about the nursing business and things like that. Different people in life. Do you know that some, some of the greatest callings in life are school teachers and nurses? Amen. I'll tell you what, the devil learned a long time ago that the way to get his best disciples is to get them when they're young. The best way to make a dope addict out of a human being is get them in a family of dope addicts. But you get a, you get a child comes from a very, very bad family, put him in a school that has a godly teacher, has godly people and the influence they give, Wow, that changes everything. That's a calling. Working down at Walmart's a calling. Whatever you're doing in life's a calling. You've got to know your calling and walk in your calling. He said the first thing he's praying for is you'd have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. And then he said the second thing, that you would know the hope of your calling, what your calling is. I've talked about sense knowledge a revelation knowledge. And I'll tell you something, Mrs. Pastor and I did over the years, and some people may have done this, 
But we always did our best. I'm not saying this in a bad way. We always did our best to be spiritual people, to listen to Jesus in our hearts, what he wanted us to do. And many times when I was a truck driver, there'd be businesses. The 70s, 80s was a really rough time for trucking. A lot of companies went out of business. Well, we'd be back that same old place. What are we going to do? Tithers, servers of Jesus, praying about jobs. And we would always do the same thing. We'd get a piece of paper out. We'd write out the pros, the cons, the money, and everything else. And you know what? Almost 100% of the time, we never went with the ones that had the best natural things. Because in our hearts, we knew what Jesus wanted. We turned down big money to follow Jesus in the calling. We turned down a lot of better things that on the pro side said, take this one. On the con side said, don't take this one. But we're followers of Jesus. And so we always listen to our heart. So what's the benefits of that? we got a family full of kids and grandkids that serve God. Nobody's in prison. Nobody's an alky. Nobody's a dopey. Nobody's a porn smutter, whatever you call those things, smutters. Anyway, what I'm saying, that's the results of our following the calling of God for our life. We've influenced probably thousands of people the last 40 years of the people we've influenced. I don't have no idea. But anyway, that is the hope of our calling, doing what God wanted us to do. And so that's the thing about you. Whatever God wants you to do, it may not be a church ministry like we're doing, but glory to God. I just think about, you know, you're eating down at McDonald's and somebody comes out there cleaning your table talking to you with the anointing of God in them. And as they're talking to you, they just say something simple like, God bless you, I hope you're having a good day. And that grabs your attention as just the anointing in that person's life because they're called to be an undercover agent at McDonald's. Besides that, they make good money now too. <laughs> and so those the hope of your calling. And then look at this. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saints. And so your inheritance he's given you to help fulfill your calling is spiritual things plus natural things. You notice what it says? According to the riches of his glory. How many are familiar with Philippians 4.19? But my God shall supply all your need. According to his what? Riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You've got to know and have revelation that God's going to supply all your needs when you're following him. When you're on the right road, doing what you're supposed to be doing, the devil will challenge you financially. He'll try to steal from you. He'll try to get you to be led by money and not by Jesus. But the thing is, when you have the revelation that my God is supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You have the revelation. I'm following the calling, the plan of God for my life. Then the gates of hell cannot prevail against your life. Amen. Go, go ahead, James. Go for it. <laughs> Little children will lead them. <laughs> but anyway, you hear what I'm saying. In this prayer right here, that's what he's telling us. And then look at this. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And so he will give you revelation knowledge of Luke ten nineteen, where he says, I give you power 
over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'll tell you what, it is a glorious thing when you're a believer and you know that God has anointed you. God has given you authority. I think about another story. I've got another, another few verses I want to look at, but I think about another story. Before I was a preacher, matter of fact, before I married Mrs. Pastor, uh, there's a, there's a, a lady at our church, because I kind of had a reputation. I was a pretty wild man for Jesus. I went everywhere. I went to prisons, jails, hospitals, streets, ghettos, cast out devils, preaching the gospel. Everywhere I go, I preached. And so anyway, she, she heard my reputation, and she told me she had an aunt in a nursing home. Wouldn't know if I'd go see her aunt with her. And so I went to this nursing home, and whatever time the girl was supposed to meet me there, it was like 7 o'clock or something. So I got there at 7 o'clock. And Mary Kay was running late. That was her name, Mary Kay. She was running late, and so I walked around for a while in the lobby waiting to go back and see this aunt of hers. And so finally I thought, well, I'll just go back anyway, back to the room and say hi to, hi to her aunt. So I went back to this room, and there's this woman laying there, and she, man, she looked hideous. She was really, really looked tormented, messed up, and they had her arms tied down so she wouldn't hurt herself. So this woman was laying there. I walked up to her and said, and said hi, so-and-so. I said, I said, I'm Mary Kay's friend. I come out here to see you and talk to you about Jesus and pray for you. And imagine, just all kinds of weird stuff. She kept mumbling off some kind of demonic tongue or something. Really, really weird. I looked at her for a minute. And I thought, wow. Man, I didn't know this was going on. And so then I knew what I had in me. Greater hits than me hits in the world. I knew the power I had. As I walked over to her and I looked at her. And I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. You loose her. Let her go right now in Jesus' name and leave. And the woman's face straightened up. All the wrinkles left. And we started talking. Totally different person. So I hung out with her for a while. I went back out to the lobby. And Mary Kay got there and said, Oh, Bert, did you just get here? I said, I've been there talking to your aunt. And she said, Talking to my aunt? Said she hadn't talked to anybody for 15 years. <laughs> I said, well, I was just talking to her. And so what I've told you is this. I wasn't a preacher. I was following my calling as a believer. You know, I've just seen all these faces out there thinking, man, I've just never heard this stuff before. How long you been here? We teach the Bible here. Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, the very first thing is what? They shall cast out devils. Amen. We're believers. So what I'm saying, this revelation knowledge, it's not just a sermon to me, the authority we've got. It's not just a sermon to me, the calling we've all got to follow Jesus' plan for our life. It's revelation knowledge to me. Flesh and blood, a preacher didn't reveal this to me. My Father in heaven revealed to me, I've got authority over the devil. My Father in heaven revealed to me, he's got a good plan for my life. Can you see what I'm saying? Revelation knowledge versus sense knowledge. The greatest thing you need is revelation knowledge to know in your heart what God wants you to do and how to do it. Now I want to look at one more place. We've got a few more minutes. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And all I'm going to do is make a trip through this and then pray in the name of Jesus that you will study this and get a hold of it. First Corinthians 2, I'm going to read 4 through 16. 
This is a life-changing chapter. This chapter is straight from heaven to we as believers to show us how to walk in the light of what Jesus said. He said, revelation knowledge, Jesus said, is the rock of your salvation. He said, that's how I build my church. Verse 4, this has always been my ministry. And my speech and my preaching was not the enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. Howbeit we speak, and i got to tell you, I circled that. that. That is one of the keys of how your faith works is what you speak. You know, we, we, <laughs> there's not a servant goes by, we don't talk about what's coming out of your mouth. How about we speak wisdom among them which are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. Yet not the wisdom of this world. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak, and I circled the speak again, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Do you see what I said, what I read there? He said, we don't speak the wisdom of the world. There's a way that seems right to the world. Then there are the ways of death. He said, we speak the wisdom of God, which is hidden from the world. I want to make sure you get a hold of this. The wisdom of God is hidden from the world for his people. And we are to speak the wisdom of God. And so I know that for me, for my life, I've told these stories so many times. I'm, I'm around, around a bunch of gossips and blabbermouths, and they're saying all their garbage. They say like that. I just keep my mouth shut. They say, well, ain't that right? I keep my mouth shut because I really don't like to debate. Well, ain't that right? What do you think? I just keep my mouth shut. They back me in the corner. I say, no, it's not right. You're totally ignorant. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. That's not what God says. That's not what God's Word says. No, it's not right. Well, well, well every, every, everybody has to have it. It's going around. I said, well, Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, whosoever shall say, I'm not everybody, I'm whosoever. So I say it that might be going around, but not in my house. Well, everybody has to receive it. No, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's what I received. I received Jesus. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? The wisdom of God is hidden from them. Is hidden from them. And it says, which none of the princes of this world knew. Now look at this. This is big. This is big. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What that means is this. If Satan would have had the revelation of the old covenant of what God was saying in Genesis 2.15, Genesis 3.15, that there was one coming that was going to bruise his heel on his head, that means to break the power, the lordship of a ruler. Satan came to rule the world and uh, he thought that if I kill Jesus, that's the end of the plan, but that was the plan. He said, had he known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because that was his fall when he killed Jesus. And you know what I've seen? Man, I've been hundreds of times in my life 
I've seen things that the devil tried to pull on my family, on my church, on our lives. He thought it was going to destroy us, but we got the victory in it. It actually destroyed his plans because we rose up with the testimony and the victory. Had he known, he'd not attack the Samples family. Amen. And so I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, you've got to tap in to revelation knowledge through the wisdom of God. I'm just going to finish by going down through this is such a powerful, powerful verse. Verse 9. But as it is written, and that's in Isaiah chapter 64, I have not seen, this talk about your physical, your natural eyes. Remember we talked about Ephesians, what about the eyes of your understanding? That's your spiritual eyes. I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man, that's unsaved man. Neither have entered the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. That has brought me through so many crises, so many impossibles, because I would look at that verse, I say, Lord, I want to thank you. There's things. T-H-I-N-G-S. A job's a thing. A car's a thing. Food are things. Things which God prepared to love him. Verse 10. Here's your revelation knowledge. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Not 2,000 likes on Facebook. Not figure it out. Not figure it out. Can I do this or not do this? Because I'll tell you what, about every time the devil's going to show you, you take that road there and you're going to do it. When you do it, you're going to fall. But he said, he's had revealed to us by spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. The deep things of God. For what, what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God, he knows I just pray that this is jumping into your hearts, that this is going straight to your heart and your heads are stayed out of the way tonight. Because there's so many things going on in your lives and the world right now, you need to tap into this. You need to get a hold of this. Even so, the Spirit of God, He knows. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is God. Why did we receive the Spirit of God? That we might know the things, the things that are freely given to us of God. God has things right now, and you better shut up your dumb head. You better get you out of the way right now, because God wants you to win. Which things also we what? We speak. You need to start saying what it is that God told you you're going to do in your life. You need to start saying what's in your heart, what God's doing. Romans 4, 17, that says, you're calling those things be not as though they are. God puts them in your heart. You're supposed to start speaking them out. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, you'll have what you say. You start saying what God's doing. None of the words which man's wisdom teaches, which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man cannot understand why a guy like Chuck would close down his business on a church day to come to church. He not understand why you take a job and they say, but I'm going to tell you, you'll never be off on Sunday or you'll never be off on Wednesday. You say, well, I'm sorry then, sir. This is not my job. You know why? That's foolishness to them. 
because it's not in their hearts, it's in your heart. It says, neither can they know them because they're spiritually discerned. He that is spiritual judges all things, himself judges no man. Verse 16 is our closer. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But what do we have? What do we have? Somebody tell me. The mind of Christ. What do we have? What do we have? Okay, Christ. Christ is spiritual. Where does Christ live? In our spirit. Where's the mind of Christ? It's not up here. It's down here. Up here, up here is the mind of Michael. Up here is the mind of Jenny. Up here is the mind of Bernie. And so I cannot live and make spiritual decisions with this. I can renew my mind to think like God thinks the Lord God my mind. But when it comes down to the things I've got to do in life, I have the mind of Christ, not the head of Christ. One more time. You have the mind of Christ. Now, I know i got to close it. But I've been helping people too long to help you one more time. Quit saying dumb things like, I don't have a clue. Quit saying dumb things like, I can't just figure this out. If you figure it out, you're probably going to crash. I may not have a clue of my head, but I got the mind of Christ. He showed me what to do. And then what do I do? I speak it. Amen. Amen, amen. And so your greatest success in life will only come from a sold-out life to Jesus and revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. And I can tell you it works. It works. Josh, does it work? (laughs) Well, come on, Mrs. Pastor. Come on up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And... You know, I just want to say as we're having our altar call, I know that we're born again Christians and here and everything like that. But if you're if you've been having trouble with your mind lately, you know, you're trying to focus on what to do, think about things, and just you're, you've been cloudy minded or whatever, confused, knowing I love Jesus, I know He's got a good plan for my life, I know all these things we're seeing and reading about in the Bible are true, but you just tried to still you're being messed up and confused. Come up here, I want to lay hands on you. Amen. I want to lay hands on you, and I'm going to release the anointing of God that He's placed within me for helping people. And come on up. Come on up. And when I pray for you, when, when, when I pray for you, then you just, however you want to say it to Jesus, between, yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. When, 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 when I pray for you and lay hands on you, then between you and the Lord, with words out of your mouth, whisper a prayer to him or something, and just say something like this, thank you, Jesus, I've been prayed for. I don't know, now I'm going to start seeing clearly what you want me to see. And then the next time when you're praying or whatever you're trying to do and you still feel confused, I say, oh, no, devil, keep that off of me. I've got the mind of Christ, and I'm listening with my heart. Amen? Amen. Anybody else needs prayer? Get up here. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you for the anointing of God for me as a man of God for helping people. I rebuke every evil thing, everything that's trying to cloud up this head and messed up this thinking. And Father, I want to thank you. Your word is true. 
You says that we as born-again Christians have the mind of Christ. You said we receive revelation from you about our life, your plan, your calling, your purpose, what to do. And so I release that in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just want to thank you. He's going to start to hear clearly and see clearly what the Holy Spirit's saying to his heart. And Lord, it's going to be a change. It's going to be a wonderful change as confusion's gone and clarity's there in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, I just want to thank you for that anointing. I want to thank you for the anointing, Lord. It's all through the Bible. When holy men and women of God lay hands on people, there's things change place. Take place. I rebuke all confusion, all double-mindedness, and just all goofy thoughts that are not God thoughts. And Lord, I want to thank you for revelation knowledge to her heart, to her spirit, that she's going to tell her head, shut up. I'm not going to try to figure this out anymore. God's going to show me my heart. And I'm going to walk from that revelation knowledge in my heart. I belong to Jesus. I'm his daughter. I'm going to follow him. And Lord, I know everything's going to be okay. Thank you, Father, for that anointing. Thank you for that anointing. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for how real this is. Lord, I know this is not just me standing here. This is you standing with me. You're the one that said lay hands on people in your name. And Lord, you'll do what needs to be done. And he said, lay hands on the sick. This is not the sick. This is the confused. And so Lord, I lay hands on her in the name of Jesus. Every confusion, every everything that would cause double-mindedness, everything that would cause uncertainty about the future, about life, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. And Father, I want to thank you for her getting out of her head and getting into her heart. You said there's things that haven't entered into the heart of man, but they enter into the heart of believers by your spirit to reveal to us your plan, your purpose with clarity. And so I say in Jesus' name, there will be clear and concise knowledge in the heart to come to the head. And Lord, when her head gets it from her heart, then that's when she succeeds. I thank you that's taking place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you. As I lay my hands on her, it's not just my hands. Your hands were there first. I'm touching your hands, Lord. I'm your representative. And I just want to thank you that no confusion, no ignorance, no doubting about what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, what to do it with, Lord. I just want to thank you in the name of Jesus that you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, Lord. You told us how. But I just want to thank you, Lord, for revelation. Revelation in her heart, Lord. In her heart, Lord, that it doesn't make it difference what people say. It's what you put in her heart by the Holy Spirit that counts. And I just want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Because your word says she has a mind of Christ, she does. And so, Lord, I want to thank you. She's going to function from the mind of Christ and not from her own understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Father, I just want to thank you that uh, this used to be a boy I knew. Now it's a man I know, Lord. He's not a boy, he's a man now. And Lord, he's, he's walking as a man of God. He's living as a holy man of God. 
He's doing his best to follow your plan for his life and for his family. And, Lord, he's doing a very, very wonderful job of being the man of God you called him to be. And, Lord, I release, I release his mind to not be confused, to not go 50 different directions. But for, from his heart, where the mind of Christ is, Lord, he's going to listen right down in his heart with the mind of Christ and function from the mind of Christ. And that's going to show his head exactly and precisely what to do. But, Lord, it's going to be from the heart, not the head. Because, Jesus, you said, revelation knowledge is that solid foundation. And from that revelation, you'll build your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No more confusion. No more double-mindedness, but only clarity from the Spirit. And, Lord, thank you that your plan, your purpose, for this mighty man of God and his family is going to come to pass because they're following you from their hearts, not their heads. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How many think we had church tonight? Amen. I'll tell you what. I, uh, where's the breed at? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've lived this way for almost 42 years. I've walked away from jobs. I've closed off relationships. I've started new relationships. A lot of things done in my life, but I've always did my very best to live from my heart. I've never hated anybody. I love people. Don't love some things they do. Sometimes, sometimes, oh, this, actually this is prophesied to somebody now. Sometimes you have to close off a relationship, not because you're in hatred, because in your heart you know this can't continue because if you do, it's going to bring destruction to your life. doesn't mean you hate somebody. just means you love Jesus more. One time, one time I had to look a person in the eye years ago. As I want to tell you, I love you, but I love Jesus more. I've chosen to follow Jesus. And if you want to follow Jesus, we still walk together. If you don't want to follow Jesus, that's your choice, but I've made mine. And so... That doesn't mean you hate. That means you love Jesus. And when you love Jesus, there comes a point in time sometimes you have to make some hard decisions. Faith worketh by love. That's your love for Jesus. That's your faith in Jesus working. But you've got to do what you've got to do because Jesus is number one. Amen. All right. Are we ready? I don't usually do the closing part. I can do Chuck. Can you do it? You want to close out that faith confession and everything? <laughs> there's a cross, there's a, there's a mic right there. All right. Where's it at? Hello. Are we ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the goals of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> One with God.